Hi, this is Jim Brangenberg, the host of the I Work For Him radio show. Thanks for listening to the I Work For Him podcast, where we discuss our workplace as our mission field. The live version of our show can be heard each weekday afternoon at 3 p.m. Eastern on AM 570 and 910 WTBN, locally in the Tampa Bay area, and worldwide on the web at letstalkfaith.com or iHeartRadio. Our website, iWorkForHim.com, has great resources on how you can learn about how your workplace can be your mission field. And also check out the sponsors that bring you the radio show each and every day. And while you're there on I Work For Him, click on the I Work For Him Nation flag and prayerfully consider joining the I Work For Him Nation. Join thousands around the globe praying for their coworkers and employees by name each and every day. That's IWorkForHim.com, IWork, the number four, Him.com. Remember, your workplace is your mission field, and in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. Thanks again for listening. I hope this broadcast will make an impact on your life so that you'll never look at your workplace the same again. Let's get to today's show. You've tuned into the fastest one hour in Christian Talk Radio. Thanks so much for tuning in to I Work For Him today as Martha and I just invite you to join us on these Together on Tuesdays with Jim and Martha as we talk about marriage and relationship issues and just the challenge out there. As you're listening to us, as some of you are listening to this on a recorded, pre, how about this, rebroadcast, whether it's on iTunes or Google Play or Stitcher, or maybe you listen to it live on iHeartRadio right here in town at letstalkfaith.com or on AM 570 or 910 here in Tampa Bay, or on Red Nation Rising. However you're listening, we always pray before the show that something we say will cause you to dig deeper in your faith. Today, we're going to celebrate marriage. Now, you're going, Jim and Martha, you guys are always celebrating marriage on Tuesdays. (laughs) Yes, we are, but today's a little bit different. Check your attitudes. What are your attitudes towards marriage? Do you see it as the key glue to the fabric of society? Do you do everything you can to support marriage? Or are you believing the media complex that marriage isn't that important anymore? Did you know that the impact on our country since we started bashing marriage back in the 60s and 70s has been devastating? Our country, in my lifetime, the last 50 years, because of the attacks on the institution of marriage, our country has seen a significant decline But we're not experts in this. I believe God's an expert, but we also brought on today Sheila Weber. She's the executive director for National Marriage Week. Did you know that we had a week to celebrate marriage every year in the United States of America? Sheila Weber, welcome back to I Work For Him. Oh, I'm so glad to be back on your show, and I'm glad that we're actually even a couple weeks ahead of National Marriage Week because people will want to get involved, I think. I know they're going to want to get involved. And, And... as I always do with every guest, try just, I try to have people just share their testimonies. How's God working in their lives? And so I've got this question for this first month of the year. How would you love the Lord to move in your life this year? How do you want to see the Lord move in your life this year, Sheila? Well, I actually have been praying that, uh, that this project, which was begun in 2009, would all of a sudden come get to a new level, that this would become... Uh, uh, is sort of a household-recognized uh, project, and that something will happen this year to cause it to to take a huge jump forward in its growth. And um, that that's really my prayer, to watch God do a miracle in this. And I've got some other people interested in the project that might be able to take it to that next level. Well, and I think with the... Uh, 
depending on, not sure who would be in charge of this at the cabinet level, but there's an awful lot of evangelical Christians that are at the cabinet level that are definitely pro-marriage, that you might be able to get some support out of the even out of the political administration, even though really we don't need politics to, to do this. We just need the body of Christ to support this. But it, it's good to know that we've got some friends all over the place that love and believe in marriage. That's true. So we're going to watch and see. I, I'm sure the new administration has their hands full in the first few weeks, but um, <laughs> this comes awfully close to the time of the um, inauguration. But to plan ahead, um, there definitely are some people um, in the cabinet that are going to think favorably about initiatives to get the word out. Basically, this is a campaign to change the hearts and minds of Americans. You know, we have we have changed um, a lot of habits in this country through mm-hmm. through campaigns. We've, yes, we we've, have. Um, we've increased we talk, recycling. <laughs> we'll talk. We'll talk a lot about that. We've got on the line with us today Sheila Weber. She's the National Director from National Marriage Week USA. You can check it out online at nationalmarriageweekusa.org. Sheila, Martha picked out this verse just to remind us why we're talking what we're talking about today. Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Also, if two lie down together, they'll keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. Sheila, that verse is read all the time at at weddings, but it really is a powerful truth about marriage and the strength of marriage in impacting society, isn't it? Absolutely. I love that. I love that the imagery and the benefits, and that's what we want to do. We want to remind people about the benefits. The, um, you know, not only are there huge financial benefits, it brings stability, financial stability for the individual and also for the nation, but it brings greater health. I mean, the research shows you actually are healthier. Men live 10 years longer on the average if they've been married. That's because um, they eat better, right? <laughs> <laughs> and, and really, I mean, there's so many layers of this, but it, this is, I always say, it's the, the unsung anti-poverty program in America mm-hmm. that... Um, we can talk about all, all the ways that um, the decline of marriage has actually increased poverty. Um, and, and by far for children, this is, again, the research is very clear that children uh, are so much better off and um, they have less trouble with the law, less teen pregnancy, less addiction. They perform better in school. They're, and then there are all kinds of other little details. I mean, things that people don't realize that the research is clear about. They're more likely to die in infancy. They're more likely later to get divorced themselves or to become unwed parents. Um, so there's just a uh, there's greater risk of suicide and child abuse and things like that. So we want to just remind people of the, the benefits that come from learning this skill about how to have lifelong lasting love. I think also people really do want lifelong lasting love. We're just, uh, folks are just a little confused about how to get there. And they, they sort of are not, uh, they've been um, sort of hoodwinked by, I'd say, the celebrity culture and the television and movies today that, um, that present alternatives to marriage. And so we've got this uh, huge reticence among the millennial generation, this growing, um, uh, growing cohabitation rates. And right. 
you know, so this is a very multifaceted issue. Um, as I said, it, it not only it deals with the millennials and new habits of cohabitation, not only does it involve the very, very high rates of out-of-wedlock uh, out childbirth, it also involves poverty and divorce. So there are a lot of uh, layers and levels to the decline of marriage today. There is. Uh, so let's, let's start with that. Let's just go back and talk about how... Now, for our listeners' sake, how National Marriage Week came about, and then you know, and then I have a follow-up question that that I want to um, kind of bring up. Sure. Um, well, the chairman of our project is a businessman in New York City, and he funded a research report um, a, a year before National Marriage Week came out. It was the taxpayer cost of divorce and unwanted childbearing, and that made a lot of headlines back in 2008. Um, at, at at that time, it was $112 billion a year that it is costing the mm-hmm. American taxpayer um, for uh, unwed childbearing and divorce. And wow. uh, so we started to say, well, how can we change the tide of public thinking? Uh, there have been campaigns that have reduced smoking and increased mm-hmm. recycling. And so some of this is much of a messaging campaign and then a practical way for people to uh, to get the help they need. So that, I helped with that research report, and that is how uh, we also discovered that Marriage Week is happening in 20 countries around the world. And so hmm. there was a model for this, that it's a, in, in you know, in, um, in all these different countries, they lo- it looks a little differently. Sometimes it's just a completely, you know, let's celebrate marriage kind of message, and other, other countries have... Uh, different focuses that they put on it, but we um, did not see a Marriage Week campaign in the United States, and that's why we started this. That's fabulous. So I was thinking when you were starting to describe um, the all the things that marriage can cure, if someone were turning tuning in without hearing what it was that could cure all of that, I think they'd be asking the question, how can we decline all of these things? And that's pretty exciting that marriage can be the answer to so many things. Today we're talking about National Marriage Week USA.org. National Marriage Week is the week of February 7th, to 14th. It is going to be amazing. And what the reason we're highlighting this now is National Marriage Week has so many resources, so many things mm-hmm. you can take advantage of as a as a ministry or as a church body, as a small group. And we're going to talk about that today. But Martha, you had a follow-up question for Sheila that I had to interrupt because we got to go to break. Well, it was just my comment about that. It really was a comment that, you know, she was listing off all of these benefits of marriage. And if somebody didn't know that it was marriage that she was talking about, I think so many people would say, well, I want that. I want whatever's going to do all of those things yeah, that and was a good all those program. prevention yeah. things. And, and then to find out that the answer is marriage is just uh, astounding, I think, for a lot of people. Go, oh no, that that'd be too simple. You know, that's not the answer. Um, right. But I, I think we get very excited about marriage, and the being able to celebrate it is one of the things that really attracted us to learning more about the National Marriage Week when we first learned about it last year. So right. we're so the week of February seventh through fourteenth is when it's going to be. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
Yes, and so we we want um, more and more people to spread the word. And so mm-hmm. one of the ways that we will grow is if people learn about us and go to our Facebook page for National Marriage Week USA mm-hmm. and and sort of uh, spread it out there to their Facebook friends and just say, hey, uh, this is something everybody needs to know about. It, there are some very easy things that people can do, and there's still time. Um, it's very easy just to start a home group or a Sunday school class. And under uh, classes and DVDs under our website, you can get some easy-to-use tools. We do not create our own product. Um, right. We use everybody else's or we celebrate everybody else's product so that people can use what they feel comfortable with. And there's some great ones out there. And uh, you can show a DVD and have a discussion guide. Um, on the other hand, you can also just have a, a dinner dance. And um, at that dinner dance, have um, a talented speaker give a beautiful discussion about marriage and then make yourselves available to people who are struggling. Mm-hmm. So I think that also letting people know where they can go to get help. We do have a section on our website for people who need to work on their marriage. That's that's powerful. So when you came up with this idea uh, back in 2009, when you started working on this idea and put it into place for National Marriage Week USA, what what is your overall goal? What's your hope every year? I know you said this year, boy, you're really hoping that the influence travels further, and we're hoping that too. We really want to see our country celebrate marriage. What is, what's the purpose? What are you hoping to accomplish? Well, several things. Uh, one would be that that people would start uh, a movement of marriage education, that it would sort of mushroom. So we have hundreds and hundreds of events on our online national calendar. We'd like to see 10,000 events on that national Mm -hmm. calendar. And that just takes people in their communities deciding they're going to create a class. But that can grow and build. Um, The other thing would be... um, for the messaging to get out there in the media and articles and commentaries and even uh, preaching from the pulpit that um, about this message that uh, you you know you can have a good marriage. I think today's mm-hmm. millennials are afraid; they have fears. Uh, we can talk about that, but we just put a new video on our website called "Marriage Is Worth It," and it's largely young couples who talk about how they got past their fears and why this is so beneficial for them. And I think we need to, so one of our goals is to spread the, mar- the, the message, marriage is worth it. Okay, so slow, let's just stop there for a second, because that's a great point. And we've got a lot of people listening today that parent millennials, and we've got some millennials that will be listening to our iTunes podcast later, and I'm sure there's some listening live. Why is it that millennials have a fear of marriage? Well, one reason is that they have watched their parents' generation have a lot of divorce, and they are afraid. They're afraid of creating pain for themselves in the future rather than understanding that they don't have to go that road, that there are ways that they can make good decisions, and not only that, inside the marriage, that this is the vehicle for personal growth. Um, I think millennials for some reason, have sort of latched onto a very me-first mindset of living. Like, I've got to put me first. And there's a lot that supports that mindset, sort of entitlement. And so what happens is, if you go into marriage with a consumer mindset rather than a covenant, then you're not going to work it out. You're going to say, oh, I'm a consumer. I don't like this dress. I'm going to take it back to the store and get a new one. A covenant is, we're in this. 
so we might as well enjoy it. That means we got to figure it out. Well, I think that that consumer mindset, Sheila, really goes to the fact that a lot of divorce happens out of self-centeredness. And so Mm -hmm. the people are seeing their parents act self-centered and... Mm -hmm. They're going, well, if that's work for mom or that work for dad, that might as well work for me. But that's mm-hmm. that you, you mentioned you mentioned another really powerful phrase in there that marriage is a vehicle for personal growth. And that's mm-hmm. something we need to educate people. About. What did you mean? Well, um, it teaches you how to choose your words more carefully. It, um, I love uh, one of the one of the courses that I love is res- uh, love and respect because yes. mm-hmm. it it actually really revolutionized my own perspective. I've been married for thirty six years, but I'd say fifteen years into my marriage, I learned about this concept mm-hmm. that my tone has an impact on whether my husband feels respected, and that his the hierarchy of needs for a man he men need to feel respected. Uh, whereas the greater emotional need for the woman is to feel love. Now, we both need both, but there's a hierarchy there. And that's an, uh, so, so when you learn things like this, you can, you can improve yourself. <laughs> you know, uh, you can improve, uh, your tone, the way you say something, the way that you make your spouse feel. Men mm-hmm. need to think about, is my wife feeling loved right now? As I'm reacting, uh, the wife says, as my husband feeling respected in the way that I'm bringing this issue to him. So there are, um, I just think that this is a growth opportunity, but people really need to be willing to take a look at themselves. And that's hard. So let's step back a little bit then and look at, uh, first of all, let's tell people who we're talking to. We're talking with Sheila Weber from nationalmarriageweekusa.org. National Marriage Week, been around since 2009. This is a celebration nationwide, Martha, from February 7th to February 14th of marriage. So and we get more than just Valentine's Day. Yes, we get a whole you, week to we're celebrate We're going to go marriage. out on a date on every night of National Marriage Week. But the whole idea is on that website, there's all kinds of incredible ideas yes. and things to do. And not just the ideas, the resources, the links. You guys have got it all there to help people get started, to take some action. Give an example, Sheila, of just a couple of things that are out there on the website that people could take advantage of to celebrate National Marriage Week USA, February 7th to 14th. Sure. Well, um, under Help for Your Own Marriage, we have marriage tips and ideas, ideas to how to have a great date night. Uh, then we have classes and DVDs, and there's a whole list to, to investigate. You can choose and order them usually mm-hmm. on Amazon. Right. And um, so um, we have videos you can watch and be encouraged by. And there's the, we have the only online national calendar uh, where you can list any marriage workshop or class that you know of, but you can also do a search in your state. Now, the reason I like this is I had someone who said, oh, you know what, my niece is having problems and she lives in Texas. So they went and looked on her behalf of what was near her. So we want this national calendar to to really become a a clearinghouse for all marriage activities. Mm -hmm. Okay, so let's look at where the problem came from. In our lifetimes, the three of us, we have seen the disintegration Actually, I don't know, we've seen the disintegration of the institution of marriage. Not, not, it's not gone away, but we've seen the attack, a cultural attack across the board in our country. I mean, 60 years ago, divorce wasn't even talked about. If somebody got divorced, it was a, a hush-hush deal. Even 50 years ago, even 40 years ago, it, it was 
it was really barely talked about because I remember being in elementary school not knowing a single person who lived in a family that had gone through divorce. Mm-hmm. And now we've got no-fault divorce that you can get done in 30 days or less. I mean, this attack on marriage, why do you think there's been such a formidable attack on the institution of marriage these last 50 years? Well, it did. A lot of this did get the trigger was no-fault divorce laws. That was the trigger to make it really easy to get out of this this legal contract because it is something that is monitored under the law. That was one trigger. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that uh, we should be more concerned about is the fact that um, 40% of all the babies today are born outside of wedlock. Now, I'm very pro-life, so I want to, I want to sort of qualify that, that we're talking about that back in 1960, before Roe v. Wade, before legal abortion, only 5% of the babies were born out of wedlock. So this, wow. is, um, this is about sort of um, women almost intentionally. I'm not talking about sort of crisis pregnancies. There's a little bit more movement than people realize than to sort of an intentionality about getting yourself in situations where you would end up with um, a baby outside of marriage. In fact, for women under the age of 30, more than half of the babies born today are outside of marriage. That is shocking. Uh, under the age of 30, there are more than half of the babies born to women under the age of 30 are outside of marriage. They, they, I, I would hope that they would start to think differently, that they're really not advantaged. They're not going to give their child the advantages. Um, there's a wonderful statistic put out by Brookings that if you work I'm sorry, if you graduate from high school and you work full-time and you postpone marriage and childbearing until after the age of 21, there's only a 2% chance you'll be in poverty. So while still being pro-life, I would like to get the word out for young women to, to plan their futures, to, to say, I'm going to wait, I'm going to finish my education, I'm going to work, I'm going to have a sort of, uh, you know, a bigger plan here. And... Um, so that is that's a challenge on uh, because at the same time we are also very supportive of how difficult it is for single mothers. We want to support women who've been in a crisis pregnancy and they choose life. So we we sort of have a challenge um, on how to um, help sort of move the needle on that statistic. I want to talk about the solution to America's problems. Obviously, the solution is Jesus. That, he's the answer to all the problems. But one of the things that really backs that solution is marriage and the marriage covenant and what that really means for our society. So let's talk about, let's just recap, because we get a lot of listeners tuning in right now. Let's recap some of the things that have happened in the last 50 years during the destruction of marriage. Well, first of all, we would have 25% less poverty today if we had the marriage rates that we had had in 1970. So wow. from the last 50 years, we've seen a 25% increase in poverty. We've had a huge drop in married adults. Back in 1970, 79%. That means about 80% of all the adults were married. Now, only 52%. And But, you know, it's interesting. The, the white working class, America, has actually been hit extremely hard. The ethnic communities have been hit hard, too. But this is a fascinating statistic, that back in 1962, 96% of all white working-class children lived with their mother and the father. Today, 
only 37% of those children are living with both their mother and their father. Now, that's, that's a huge drop from 96% to 37%. So this is, um, you know, single motherhood is the greatest cause for poverty among women and children. And married adults just have more wealth and financial stability. So well, if we do but, care about poverty, we should really try to promote marriage for people. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's not the single mom's fault that they're that poverty that they're living on the edge of poverty. It's as a result of divorce, right? It could be divorce, or it could be um, the the choice of unwed childbearing, which there's more choice involved. Not necessarily, um, like I said, I am very supportive of life. I'm just saying it's not about the crisis situation. Sometimes right. there's an intentionality with uh, the increase in single mothering, um, and we would like to. Um, well, that, that's good that people are not being ostracized. There certainly should be great kind-heartedness and support. Given to single mothers, um, we would like for them to reevaluate and to plan their lives differently so that they would give their children greater advantages. Well, and the by kids growing up in single-parent homes where they don't have access to mom and dad, what are some of the impacts on those kids? Well, those kids will have, this research is clear, they're going to have... Um, less, uh, they're going to have greater trouble with the law, the ones that are in single-parent families. They're going to have greater rates of teen pregnancy, um, less performance in school, and a greater risk of addictions. Um, so there, there are a lot of uh, risky factors attached. Um, and, you know, that's why we would like for people to think about, gosh, you know, I really would like my children to have uh, greater advantages, and if if it's within their um, uh, ability to to plan, and and also to be careful <laughs> to prevent mm-hmm. to prevent the situation um, again while valuing life. So one of the things that you're kind of approaching there is the intentional choice to be a single parent. We're, Not, we're finding that it's a little more, uh, because it's uh, more accepted, it's, mm-hmm. it's becoming socially accepted. So, um, again, I think it's good that the uh, that we should not, you know, uh, ostracize anyone or make them feel shamed. Um, it's just that we should try to revalue marriage, revalue it, make it of a, a greater value so that people would aspire to it. I, I think right. that we should, each, we should be teaching five-year-old children that they should aspire to marriage, that this is something they could envision in their future, just as like we talk, for them, talk with them about finishing high school or going to college. Okay, so we know that's not going to happen in the public schools, but nationalmarriageweekusa.org is a website full of encouragement and, and resources for churches, for private schools, for small groups, for all different kinds of organizations to be able to, hey, here's some resources for you to be able to celebrate marriage, not just National Marriage Week, February 7th through 14th, but all year long. Talk to us about, the, let's do the glass half full approach to the conversation. Now, we've talked about the, the, the ills of the, the destruction of marriage, the attack on marriage these last 50 years. Let's talk about mm-hmm. how we can impact that and throw the tide going back the other direction. Well, let's promote the, the, the uh, thought that, you know, if you're married, you're going to have more than twice the financial stability and assets. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the, the joining of two, uh, two adults together in a household that is secure and um, 
you know, financially stable is a huge benefit. And so we want people to take relationship classes and get out there and, and, and find ways to improve the, the way that they um, can build this commitment. And sometimes people need to learn new communication skills. Uh, which is what we're promoting also. So we do uh, want to encourage these, uh, you know, there's no brick-and-mortar school for marriage, yet it's probably (laughs) the most important skill that we have because family structure is is one of the strongest predictors of poverty. So when you have a um, strong family structure, we're going to have a stronger country, a stronger America, and our ch- our children are the next citizens, the the next group of leaders that will come along to be the backbone of this country. So we do want to you know sort of forecast that this the way to have a stronger country, the way to have a stronger financial uh, you know structure for your own life, is to to value um, the institution of marriage and um, to see it as an aspiration for your own life. Okay, so let's talk about because you are a national coordinator for national. You're the national director, but your National Marriage Week USA dot org is also got this calendar that talks about all the different things that are going on pro marriage around the country, not just during National Marriage Week, February seventh through the fourteenth, but all year long. What are some of the things you're seeing churches do to celebrate marriage? Because one of the arguments I've had is that churches aren't doing enough to celebrate marriage. So what are you seeing done? Let's talk about neat things that are being done. Right, right. We would love to um, get leaderships of major denominations um, really focused on this. Uh, The National Association of Evangelicals uh, certainly uh, sends out our information and tries to um, get their churches to be involved. The United States Catholic uh, Council of Catholic Bishops sends out a bishop's letter to every parish, and so the Catholic churches are very aware, and they um, they actually uh, do. You know, they're trying to to and have this be a regular part. Of, what we want is for the the average church of your listeners to realize that you know your listener can go back to their church and say we need to make this as important as the choir as important as the children's education or as important as our overseas missions Amen. project mm-hmm. so that is where the rubber is going to meet the road is <laughs> you know if we can get the average churchgoer who is a leader in their church to say we've got to put this in our program every bit as important as anything else we do. And Sheila, Uh, don't you have some resources for that exact thing? I remember mm -hmm. seeing something about, give this to your pastor. Here is a letter. Tell us about that. Right, right. Well, we actually, um, under Toolkit, our Toolkit, we have have a renewal of vows ceremony, two different kinds. And um, so that's a wonderful idea to say on the Sunday during Marriage Week that you just have a simple seven-minute a little ceremony where couples can come forward and have a renewal of their vows, and it's it's impressive for their children to watch it happen. Oh, um, yeah. That's one. And you can also just go to your pastor and ask your pastor to preach about marriage from the pulpit on uh, during National Marriage Week, which usually doesn't happen, but they can say, this is this is Marriage Week, so I'm going to give you a, a positive, encouraging sermon. What are the things that, you know, he believes his congregation, he or she believes his congregation needs to know? 
So, yes, there are definitely um, some, we, we want to stir up that, that preaching and teaching during marriage week, uh, the renewal of vows, and and if you have just learned about it, it's not too late. You can just say, well, this is an impetus, a, a catalyst week, and we'll start our class in March. Well, that's okay, too. <laughs> Great idea. Great idea. Yeah, you don't want people to feel like they've missed something because we can celebrate all year long. It's just a great way to gain some uh, identification for it. So what is your idea, Sheila, behind helping counteract the message that the media is constantly feeding society today that marriage is falling apart, marriage isn't worth it anymore, might as well just live with people. In fact, we've redefined marriage. We've made it between anybody and any. You know, I mean, they've, they've totally attacked marriage from every different direction. What is, what are some of the ways that, I mean, how how do we proactively, in a nice, kindly, Christ-like manner, fight that message? Well, I'm, my husband and I are very involved with younger people, and we are watching their habits and attitudes, and we try to talk to them about the dangers of this, you know, serial cohabitation. Um and because you diminish every time, I would, I would like for younger people to rethink this. You know, every time they decide to live with someone and it doesn't work out, they move on to the next person, the next person. They're sort of building up, like, bandages over their heart, and it makes it more difficult. In fact, there's research that showed of people who co- cohabitate um, that 70% of them do break up. So the women, woman's always thinking, oh, this will get me married, you know, eventually. And it doesn't work that way. And, and 20% get married and then later divorce, and only 10% uh, end up staying married for a long period of time, which is not yet to be measured. <laughs> but uh, so, you know, we would like for younger people to realize that this is, they need to be more careful with their heart with their body, with their habits, because um, they're bringing, they're going to bring all this um, potential baggage into, uh, keep, you know, bringing it along into the relationships, whereas uh, couples who've been uh, careful and intentional and not just sort of playing the field and thinking they can forestall this uh, commitment decision, they end up feeling more secure with each other. There's a, there's a safetyness there that uh, they feel like they can trust. It's about building trust, too. Most so, definitely. Um, you know, it's, it's, um, it's about ways can, we can have more conversations. I will say this about there are different, different levels of the messaging. There are different voices. So if we look at this just as a message for the church, then there's one way of talking about it. If we look at this as just a cultural issue or a societal issue, there are other ways of talking about this, and I think we need to increase the, those voices, uh, increase the voices for people who are not yet of faith, um, to make them see some of the rationales behind this. Yeah. Because as I said, I really do believe the ultimate goal of people is lifelong lasting love. But their sort of scattered habits ahead of finding that is is really damaging. And well, I, when you look at the positives behind the marriage, behind marriage, you know, the that it built, just the building up of the culture, the reducing of poverty and the reducing of crime rate and the reducing of really just hurt kids who mm-hmm. become adults who hurt who go, keep on hurting. I mean, we run into so many people who are hurting because of their parents' divorce who then 
carry that hurt with them into their own marriage and are doubting whether it even is going to work for them and they they pass it on to their own kids. I mean, there's a there's just a lot of hurt out there. This is a national movement to celebrate marriage the week of February 7th through the 14th. Sheila, as we come to the close of the show today, a couple of things I really want to talk about. Just review for everybody just tuning in right now, the economic impact of divorce in America. Well, uh, years ago, it was uh, calculated that it cost $112 billion a year for divorce and unwed childbearing. Today, that uh, is probably $200 billion um, a year, and that's uh, really um, hurting American families because um, it increases poverty. So we've ha- we would have 25% less poverty today if we had the marriage rates that we had in 1970. So we see that the decline of marriage has greatly increased poverty in this country. Hmm. Okay. So, and, and it increased, increased poverty, increased crime. There's just, and, and I, the emotional damage to people because of oh. divorce. So, I mean, just that stuff you can't measure. Right, right. But I mean, the, co- the cost of uh, the decline of marriage and raising children without their mother and their father is huge. Uh, those children will have less, uh, they will have more trouble with the law, more teen pregnancy, more addictions, and less advantages, um, and uh, less performance in school. So this is, um, the research is overwhelming on this, and that's why we want people to to just realize marriage is so beneficial for the raising of children, and mm-hmm. it is the greatest factor to pull kids and women out of poverty. Well, a lot of people don't really understand the issues that we're having. And we've got a book that we're giving away today just to understand this, the name of the book, Truth Overruled, The Future of Marriage and Religious Freedom in America. And I'd love to be able to give you a copy of this book. Maybe you're listening on one of our uh, rebroadcasts. You can email us, jim at iworkforhim.com, or let us know on Facebook that you'd like to get a copy of today's book, Truth Overruled, The Future of Marriage and Religious Freedom in America. Talk to me about the resources that people can access on your website, nationalmarriageweekusa.org. Yes, well, first, if you're having trouble in your own marriage, please go there, and there's a section on, on how you can get help for yourself. Secondly, if you'd like to have an impact, you, you really can have a huge impact in your town. Um, and, again, we have a section, classes and DVDs and workshop. You can bring a workshop to your town. I love the idea of going to a local library and offering a DVD course there. Um, go to your pastor. Ask your pastor to preach on the Sunday during National Marriage Week, also to start a Sunday school class or home group. So there's a, there are a lot of things that we have resources for at nationalmarriageweekusa.org where people can have a tremendous impact on their church or their town. Mm. I mean, there's so much out there. And Sheila, I just want to thank you for being part of that encouragement movement to just say, hey, listen, there is hope for marriage. Here's a way. Let's celebrate it as a country. National Marriage Week, USA, February 7th through the 14th. Thanks so much for being on our work for him today. Thanks so much for promoting marriage. Thanks for allowing us with our ministry to be part of your great ministry by celebrating the marriage cruise that we're going to do next year. And we're just so grateful for the work that you do. And we are praying that the world will be transformed by understanding the truth, not only of how great marriage is, but how Jesus at the center of a marriage makes a marriage awesome. Well, thank you. And I just, uh, also the national calendar we have is the only one of its kind. So it's online and you can check to see if there's something near where you live. Yes, and we posted our cruise there. So Absolutely. I was just oh, reminding wonderful. Jim of that. Okay, so, so thank you. F- 15 seconds. What's the one key that's helped your marriage last 36 years? Just to know that we are in a covenant 
and we're in it as a team, and that mm-hmm. means we're going to make it as fun as it can be. So we want it to be fun and enjoyable, and that takes commitment, but but it's it's worth it. <laughs> That's fantastic. Sheila Weber with National Marriage Week USA.org. Thanks for being an I work for him today. Oh, it's great to be here. Thank you. Thanks, Sheila. But, all right, and Martha, really, for us, I really th- when I think of one word that describes how our marriage has made it these 30 years and has been awesome, I think it's been the centered on prayer, that yes, we've been able to put I prayer agree. at the center of it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's always fun to talk about. I mean, if there's ever a, an organization that we could, you know, we would love to be on the bandwagon with is National Marriage Week USA. Oh, yeah. So excited about it. And really just, we, we have... We love to celebrate marriage. Every Tuesday, we focus a show on marriage and relationships. And we've got out on NationalMarriageWeekUSA.org's website our upcoming marriage cruise in February of 2018. That's correct. And people can find out more information on it. On IWorkForHim.com. Okay, just a little bit more. We're going to Cozumel, five days. Oh, I thought you said Five days, four nights, (laughs) two days of retreat, one day of absolute pleasure on Cozumel, but a whole five days of meeting other couples that are like-minded as we are with promoting marriage and working hard in our marriages, we invite you to join us in February 2018. All right, I guess it comes to the end of another show. Man, it goes so fast. It does, terribly fast. Check out the website, nationalmarriageweekusa.org. Get your church involved. You get involved. Talk about in your small groups, nationalmarriageweekusa.org. has the resources that you need to help promote marriage, fight for marriage in this country. You've been listening to I Work For Him with your host, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We're Christ followers. Our workplace, it's our mission field. But ultimately, I I work work for him. him.